Welcome back to another episode of Carnage at Ringside, the wrestling podcast. I am Dustin, and this is Jacob. We are coming back at you again from the secret location of Jake's Kitchen, as always. As always. As always. And today is our uh, review episode for 2020 Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. WWE pay-per-view that was just on uh, Sunday. And um, actually, it really wasn't that bad of a show. It wasn't bad. Um, you know, at first, the, I think the show started out kind of weak, which we'll cover. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty good show. I think uh, for the most part, um, everything went the way I kind of thought it would. A uh, few surprises, but it was a decent show. Um, and to start things out, we had uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Jey Uso. <laughs> we, uh, we said we were going to roast this match. Yeah, the, man, oh. the, the match... Uh, it just it just didn't work for me. No, it didn't. I mean, we saw Roman win as we expected. Yeah, we saw Roman win. Um, the thing I didn't like, um, we already know what the story is of the match. You know, with the you know Roman being heel and wanting to be the tribal leader or whatever the family. But all they kept they they used so much dialogue in the match. Mm-hmm. Like you heard Jimmy yelling stuff at Roman, and you had Roman yelling stuff at I just or Jay, excuse me, not Jimmy. Um, so it just didn't really work for me. I didn't like all the talking and dialogue. I felt it took away from the story of the match they was trying to do. See, and and that's my problem is, don't get me wrong, I'm digging the singles push of Jey Uso because I think Jey Uso has a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. But how long can they keep telling the same story? Yeah. You know, we saw the same story in the last match. Yeah, and, and that's what it was. Um. They, I mean, they used a few nice props. I kind of liked Roman doing his drive-by with the stairs against Jimmy's face on the apron. That was kind of cool. But it didn't, you know, then Jimmy came out, you know, or Jay. Sorry, I keep getting them mixed up. They look the same. Whatever. Well, well, Jimmy did make an appearance. Jimmy did make an appearance. That's what I was getting to. Jimmy made the appearance, and it looked like maybe they was going to hug it out. Whatever. I knew that wasn't going to happen. No, no. Well, and I'm... then Reigns puts the guillotine on Jimmy, and Jay says, "I quit to save his brother." Well, then we saw, um, you know, uh, what was it? Who's it? Alpha and Sika? Yeah, on the stage, and yeah. they awarded Roman the kind of the tribal of the family, because you or whatever. It's, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of over the storyline already. Now, are we gonna? Do you think we're gonna see the buildup for him and Rock? Is this what they're 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 moving towards? Well, we, we kind of talked about this earlier in the week um, about possibly him and the Rock. You know, Rock definitely wants to do it, and or Roman wants to do it as well. I think mean, one thing holding the Rock up is his insurance coverage on his movies. Um, That's true. You know, if he gets hurt or something, his insurance don't want to cover it if he's you know wrestling. Um, and it's almost cost the Rock before and he wrestled John Cena with his role in Hercules. Yeah, because um, he he uh, tore his abductor. Yeah, and it almost cost him Hercules, and it put him behind on schedule for Fast and Furious. So the Rock's got to be real careful if he ever gets in the ring again. I mean, he's. I don't know if we'll see it or not just because of that reason. I don't yeah. know if his insurance companies will allow him with his filming schedule and all that. I think WWE's definitely um, – they're going in that direction, kind of like just in case. You know, what if The Rock can do it, then we're prepared. Exactly. If not, then we just – you know, oh, well, we go in a different direction. Yeah, because, I mean, you can go yeah. in so many different ways with this. It's yeah. not – it's not like it's – it's not like, you know, that you can just build up to it. And then, you know, or, or excuse me, mm-hmm. it, you can't just build up to it. And then if the rock's ready to go, oh, what do we do? Yeah, we didn't have, we weren't prepared. We weren't prepared. Oh, we got a month to do this. Yeah. You know, now it's like, okay, if, if they do do it, 
then they're prepared. If not, like you said, go in a different direction. One of the matches I wanted to touch up on is probably the match of the night, and it was the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Sasha Bailey. We saw Sasha Banks pull out a victory, ending mm-hmm. Bailey's what was it three hundred and ninety nine days I think or three hundred eighty nine days. It was I think it was three ninety nine. She was way at, up there. Um, three hundred and ninety nine mm-hmm. days as SmackDown Women's Champion, and um, she surpassed Charlotte's. Yep, Charlotte's reign. All, all, yeah, all together reigns. So she, I mean, she's just she was killing those Women's Champion, but. I'm going to go ahead and pronounce right now, Sasha Banks is the queen of Hell in a Cell. I know this is the first one she's won in three matches. She's been she's been in but, some really good ones. Yeah, I mean, anytime she's in the cell, her matches are... It's you know, money. The first one with Charlotte Flair was absolute you know, gold. And then you know, she had Becky Lynch last year, which was amazing. And then this year, she finally pulls out the win. But you don't always have to win to be crowned in something. But it seems like anytime she's in a cell match with you know another female competitor, it's just off the hook. Well, hell, Mick became so, you know hardcore legend, and and I mean we lost know everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean much. lost everything. I mean we know about his past stuff, but yeah. But did we really solidify mm-hmm. him as that hardcore legend yeah. until Hell in a Cell? I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. Sasha uh, Bailey stole the show. It was the match of the night. Really, with Sasha picking up the big babyface win, I think it should have been the main event. Because um, I did one, even while I was watching the match, I think I told you, I'm like, Orton and McIntyre ain't going to be able to follow this. Like, no, it, it, that, that's tough. Yeah, they did a real good job. They um, did some good spots. Uh, I like the kendo stick spots and the stairs yes. in the cage. That was cool. I love the story that they told during the match. And it was just that... It was taking you through that. Can Bailey, you know, continue the reign mm-hmm. that she's had for so long, over a year? Yeah. Or can Sasha finally pull it out in Hell in a Cell? Yeah, well, they told that story, and they told the story of how I mean, you know, they best friends, best friends, and Sasha's trying to get revenge, and you know, blah oh, blah blah. It's blah, amazing. Blah. And they built this storyline up great. I mean, they brought you know Sasha came back. Well, this is turned heel. Hunter and Bailey won the titles again. And then they both had the women's titles, and then they you know split up. Well, this it's just is, been a great story. This has been, and, and I know that within the past year, we we we've had this good story, mm-hmm. you know, built up. But but this is like years. Yeah. You know, this is literally about mm-hmm. four years worth of material that they've been yeah. building for so long because we've seen it in the past. Well, yeah, I mean, and Sasha almost left the company because they ended up dropping the titles to the Iconics at Mania yeah, I remember last that. year. And, uh, you know, she thought that her and Bailey was going to have this huge run with the tag titles, didn't she? left. Well, then she comes back, and her and Bailey kind of pick up right where they left off, but now they're heels. Yeah. So it's really worked great. Um, it's been a great story, and I think Sasha, well-deserved win, and my God, hopefully she can have a good title reign because she's probably the most talented woman on the roster. It's It's ironic when we look back she's never really had a successful title defense. No, and she's like a six-time champion now. Yeah. But all of her reigns, she's either lost it within a week or the next night on Raw or something. Or like a month. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, hopefully she gets a good reign out of this because I think she deserves it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned the main event mm-hmm. between McIntyre and Orton, and, and we've been covering this for yeah. you know for a while yeah, now. Yeah, on our review episodes. Um, And I, I, I just got to say, I am enjoying – the detailed 
and very long story mm-hmm. that WWE has been telling with most of their stuff. Like we've talked about yeah. in the past with, you know, Dominic and, um, you know, Ray and then with Seth Rollins. I mean, yeah, I mean, that Dominic's- was eight months, eight months until we finally got that match at yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah, it's been crazy. They've WWE's really getting back to a lot of kind of the one hundred and one storytelling. They're giving That's us they a good needed. story. They're giving us good time frame with it. I know some fans they don't like the drawn out stories, and some of them has gotten long. I mean, like with the the banks or not the banks, excuse me, with the Dominic and Mysterio and Seth Rollins. I think it's kind of run its course, but it, it was a good long story. Um, we got several good matches out of it, different angles. Um, so I, I like the long-term story, but a couple of them I'm ready to like, okay, let's move on. Well, it's like, it's like we were saying, uh, Banks and, mm-hmm. and Bailey, that was a long and I don't, story. I mean, I don't think we've seen the end of it too. Obviously I think Bailey will get a rematch and they'll do another barn burn. Yeah. As JR would say. I mean, classic JR quote. Yeah. So. Um, no, it, and, and the, the McIntyre and Orton storyline we've been covering for months that it's mm-hmm. finally been going on and we i remember a few months ago when we were like when is it going to be time for orton to get the title yeah. when mm-hmm. and now it finally happened but something that i wanted to ask you about and um i don't we didn't talk about this you know before we started recording is where do you see them going in the direction because you know orton gets a clean win Mm-hmm. On McIntyre, there's no interference, no nothing. He yeah. he pins him one two three clean, okay. And McIntyre is kind of playing this, like he's very anger, mm-hmm. an, you know, he's he's anger driven. Um, he's aggressive, he's upset. It's like he's being a sore loser, you know. He knows he's getting a rematch eventually because mm-hmm. it's in his contract, but he's attacking Orton. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of pulling out these heelish acts, like he's he's mad about losing. And then you have the fiend, mm-hmm. you know, being worked in that, which we'll cover that on when we cover Raw. But you know, where do you see them going with this? Well, I think I think the bigger question is where 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 do we see McIntyre going? Um, I think, um, like I said, we'll cover with McIntyre's antics on Raw when we do the Raw review after the break. Um, I think the biggest thing where WWE's going with this, um, they got a lot going into Survivor Series. Um, they we've already learned from the raw when we cover you know we're going to do survivor series raw versus smackdown mm-hmm. so we're going to have uh, orton and reigns face each other but what's really going to tie into this the next month or so is how does you know on the raw side with orton facing reigns where does that put mcintyre where does that put the fiend going into the next couple months exactly will they may will they have like a number one contenders match or you know see who faces orton next Who's going? You know, mm-hmm. who's going to be the next challenger for Orton? Is it going to be McIntyre right off the bat? Is it going to be the Fiend? They kind of teased both on Raw. They did. So we'll see where that goes. Only thing I'm worried with McIntyre. I hope he doesn't get stuck down in the upper mid card hell for the rest of his career. Um, you know, it's kind of like okay, we got his title run out of the way. Will we ever see McIntyre get another title run? That's, I hope we do. That's I a, think he was a pretty good champion. Well, see, like I, I was thinking about that too. Um, because I, I know in the past we've seen a lot of times, you know, we have um, a pretty lengthy title run from a superstar mm-hmm. and not as not as many as successful as what Drew's yeah. have been, which Drew has been. Yeah, you I know, say like 208 days he was champion. The, so. the, like he owned this year, you know, he's yeah. been a very good champion. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of like if you remember uh, Jinder Mahal's WWE title run, mm-hmm. he had it for quite a while. Yeah. 
and it was like afterwards you're like okay well could he get another one or yeah, well, what's going been, on been close um so we don't know and, yeah. and we know how vince loves to just change things up mm-hmm. um i i foresee drew mcintyre getting another title run um my only question like i said is, is when was well, yeah it's gonna be when because there's a lot of long-term plans for orton right now yeah um, especially already, up to mania yeah it's going all over the internet you know they're Edge will be back for Mania, and they're mm-hmm. already planning Edge Orton for the title. <laughs> so it looks like you know Orton ain't going to lose the title anytime soon. But it's just going to be, you know, who who steps up to challenge him? Who's going to make you believe that maybe they'll take the belt? The Fiend's the obvious answer because he's been so well protected. His character Bray Wyatt, you know, yeah, that's an obvious answer, and I'm sure we'll see some screw job finishes in that when he faces Orton. My my yeah. thing is. It, 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 when we were talking about WWE getting back mm-hmm. to that one-on-one booking, the classic storytelling with mm-hmm. this drawn out, it seems like the championship runs as of late have been the same way. Like yes. we're seeing a lot mm-hmm. more long-term champions than before, you know, because the title felt like it used to change hands every few like months. A hot potato. Yeah. I think um, the long title reigns brings more prestige to the title. It does. It makes it worth more that when the next guy finally gets it, you know, it feels like you really accomplished something. It's like, it's like you know, someone's going to get a big rub yeah. when they beat Moxley in AEW. Oh yeah, because man, he's been champion since before the pandemic started. Yeah, and he's he's doing amazing stuff down there um, yeah. in AEW. We covered it on our review episode last time. He's just running wild with the belt, and I don't honestly, I don't see anybody. Not to get way off our hell in a cell, but I just don't see anybody dethroning Moxley anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, he's just you know, um. Now, we covered the we covered those three matches, which those were the more peg three yeah, important um, matches. WWE threw threw in some odd balls on us. We got to see Elias and Jeff Hardy continue their little feud, um, with Jeff Hardy picking up or Elias picking up the DQ victory because yeah. Hardy slammed him with his guitar. Yeah, it. I mean, obviously, I think they're going to do a little bit more with that the way they finished it. Well, that's again classic storytelling. You know, yeah. DQ finish, okay. Move build, on to the build, next month. Or build whatever. up to the next match. Yeah. Um, seeing if Hardy can get the clean win again over him. I mean, that's, um, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of threw us a little, uh, just random stuff and yeah, just filler really that you could have saw on Raw or SmackDown. Um, so those those were definitely the the three most important matches yeah. from the pay per view. Um, we did see, uh, the Hurt Business. Yeah, the Hurt Business of uh, Lashley destroyed a uh, Slapjack or Slapjack Slapnuts or whatever Slapnuts, <laughs> whatever his name was. What's up, Slapnuts? Yeah, <laughs> still a line from Jeff Jared there. Retribution. Yeah, re- Retribution. Man, I don't know what's going on with that group. I don't think Vince and WWE does either. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Well, remember we were talking about on one of our prior episodes about uh, the possibility of WWE running. Um, an angle at Survivor Series between a WWE branded yeah, team and then Retribution. Yeah. Well, that that's not happening. No, that's not happening. Um, we saw on Raw where we're getting more Raw versus SmackDown qualifying matches. Qualifying too. Qualifying matches happen on Raw, so which we'll um, definitely talk about those after the break. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with um, Retribution. I really don't because yeah, the Hurt Business, which I think is one of the hottest things going. Yes. But Lashley just totally destroyed that poor fellow. <laughs> There's not much more to write home about. Well, they were they were uh, in the back. M- my favorite moment was they were in the back, and um, MVP was cutting the promo. Yeah, and, and he's great. like, who's going to step up against 
you know, uh, Bobby Lashley, because they said, well, you take your, your pick, yeah. who you want. And then Benjamin was like the one with the funny mask, and they kind of was like. All looked at each other. <laughs> yeah, like, which one? Which one's the funny mask? The one they were called Slapjack. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I was hoping big things for Retribution, but I just don't see it. Um, yeah. They, the, the, the Dio Madden and the other guy, uh, you know, the one that looks like Bane and then Dio Madden looks like Predator. Yeah. They might do something. I mean, they kind of got good looks, big guys, but. Yeah. Whether it's going to be in Retribution or not, I don't know. So Retribution had so much potential. They did, but they didn't. I mean, they had a lot of potential as a, a group to do crazy th- things, but man, it was just booked horrible. Well, well, I thought the I thought the original idea had potential because you can go anywhere with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like Nexus, but it's like okay, is this gonna be another McMahon thing? Especially when we we first saw Shane McMahon, you know, advertised for Raw, we're like, wait a second, you know, lights are going out. Oh, yeah. this is. They were like, this is the brainchild of Shane McMahon. Well, that turned out to be the now deceased. Raw Underground. Yeah, the eight-week run of Raw Underground. They just totally flopped, too. Eight weeks, man. It really made it eight it weeks. It made it eight weeks. Wow. Eight weeks. Two months, exactly. I was, not, I was not counting. Yeah. Well, I read it somewhere online. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Well, I know is every week it was they were taking something slowly away. Yeah, they wasn't advertising it as much. And then, because we were actually watching an episode together, and I'm like, man, they haven't said anything about Raw Underground. And then, like, the last... 40 minutes it's like oh hey look there's raw underground it wasn't that when the hurt business came in yeah. and destroyed, <laughs> destroyed it again it again yeah so um i don't hell to sell overall out of five stars i give it three yeah and that's um, fair you know i think like we said sasha banks and bailey stole the show match of the night um as easily four star match four star match definitely great storytelling great booking i, I would give uh orton and mcintyre three stars and uh reigns in uh one yeah, one, one star. star. I just did. I just didn't like the way they presented that match to us in the least bit. Especially when Roman started crying, I was like, yeah. "Your biggest heel is crying." Yeah. So Whether I, he was trying to pull off fake crying or it, not, yeah, it didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. So, um, but we'll we'll jump into Raw. Some interesting things on Raw here after the break, and we also have our. Uh, we started this a couple episodes ago. This day in wrestling history, you got some cool facts and figures and things to talk about there, um, and we'll go from there. Yes, so we will get you right after the break. Welcome back from the break. Carnage at Ringside, the wrestling podcast. Dustin and Jake here, and we were covering Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. and Monday Night Raw post. Yeah. So we get past Hell in a Cell, which, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a bad pay-per-view. Wasn't great either. Uh, it kind of just did the job of whatever they wanted it to, it did. to go. Um, and to touch a little bit more on the Hell in a Cell, we talked about this. Um you know, having a sell really shouldn't be a pay-per-view. No, it um, shouldn't be. They should have kept the match as a uh, marquee match for um, big feuds. Yes. It has a, you know, a really grudge or whatever. Now it just, it's a pay-per-view and whatever feuds are going on at the time, they get thrown in the cell. Well, we were, we were, you know, we were watching um, the, the untold Cactus Jack versus Triple H. And it was talking about the No Way Out Hell in a Cell yeah. match. That's a good example. Like, you know, before that, there had been, what, two other Hell in a Cells? Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and 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 that was all the way from '97 mm-hmm. to 2000. Yeah. There was two. Mm-hmm. You know, now it seems like every year there's at least three, two or three. It, it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't just leave it as a marquee attraction. It kind of feels like Elimination Chamber. Like every year we have, like we're expected to have at least two Elimination Chamber matches. Yeah. I just feel like if they would just leave it as a marquee attraction. Then exactly. And, you know, in the PG era of, you know, how they promote the family-friendly atmosphere, it, it's tough to have a good Hell in a Cell. It is. Because, I mean, the original Hell in a Cell, it was meant to be a bloodbath massacre. Yes. Last man standing, pretty much. Um, All of them were you know, up until the PG era. And, um, you know, Sasha, we talked about Sasha Banks. She's obviously been able to go in there and tell really good stories with her um, her counterparts. Yeah, in the hell in a cell, and make it believable and fun to watch. Honestly, I can't tell you a memorable guys a men's hell in a cell match in years. It's been a while. I really can't. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, because it just seems every year it's just whoever's doing their thing. Honestly, you know, the last memorable hell in a cell match that I, I can even think of, besides the the mm-hmm. one that that Taker and and uh, Triple H had. Yeah. Um. Besides that, the one that that jogged my memory was like 15 years ago between Batista and Triple H. Yeah, that was that was the last I think really good yeah. massacre of a Hell in a Cell that they was just blaming. That was that was what was meant for Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um I think I think Undertaker and Batista had one that was really good after that. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz remember Edge was the cameraman and That's right. And yeah. That was pretty good. Um uh, the first PG Hell in a Cell match, uh, Undertaker and Edge. Yeah. Um that was the first um WWE just went into the PG era that summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was um, it was toned down from what Edge and Taker wanted that match to be. Yeah, because WWE literally just went into their PG era. Um, that one is probably the best one I can remember. I, that was when W. Yeah, that was WWE mm-hmm. was uh, they had just entered that, and a lot of superstars were having a hard time adjusting to that. It was tough. They really had to because most of those guys were Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression stars still, so they really had to adjust to the PG era. Because it, it's Batista not... Batista hated it. That's one reason he left the company. It's not the same, because you know. when you're used to going out there every night and you're trying to put on the best show possible, it's hard to do that with all the constraints that they've had. Um, I mean, we've seen... And, and we've seen kind of the same thing happen with this current generation of talent, mm-hmm. because you got a lot of guys like you know, Seth Rollins and, and Kevin Owens and more recently Dean Ambrose. Yeah. They came from the indie scene. They were having bloodbath matches and yeah. these crazy matches mm-hmm. and they come to WWE and it's like they gotta tone it down yeah. a lot. But so that I mean that's the final thoughts on Hell in a Cell. Um, yeah. But we did debut this a couple weeks ago. I hope the listeners that have listened have kind of liked it. Um, we started doing this day in wrestling history. Yes. Now, to give a little bit of how we do this, um, today is uh, 1028, October 28. That is when we are recording our episode. Yes. So that's the what we're covering. We may post it. It might be a different day. But 1028, today in wrestling. Um, going with Halloween, 1989, uh, the first Halloween Havoc, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, the main event saw uh, NWA World Champion Ric Flair and Sting. Uh, they defeated Terry Funk and the NWA TV Champion, uh, the Great Muda. So um, there's some history for um, Halloween Havoc for you. Also, in 1992, at a WCW event, Jacksonville, Indiana, uh, Sting defeated Jake the Snake Roberts in a singles match. Um, 1995, here's one that was very controversial, um, ECW show. Mm-hmm. Um 
Tommy Dreamer is gets crucified by Raven. Oh yeah. Um, oh my goodness. That was huge and uh a lot of people was really worried about there could have been a mob in the oh, a lot of arena people. doing something like that. A lot of people were furious about yeah, it. They, a lot of people was really worried about that. So that that's one of the highlights I thought was pretty interesting. BCW always pushed the barrier. Yeah. Um, also, uh, 2007 WCW Cyber Sunday, which was the interactive uh, pay-per-view they did where the fans voted on stuff. Originally, it was Taboo Tuesday. I remember that, yeah. And WWE realized that a Tuesday pay-per-view just really wasn't cutting it. I remember getting and, the very first Taboo Tuesday, yeah. and it was just so odd. You had Raw yeah. and then the Tuesday pay-per-view, yeah. which they had to push the, the TV taping for, for SmackDown, Smackdown. Yeah. back, you know. So um, they moved it to Sunday, started calling it Cyber Sunday. At the two, 2007 event, uh, WWE champion Randy Orton retained his title over Shawn Michaels, uh, who won over 59% of the votes for that match to, to get selected. Uh, world champion Batista defeats The Undertaker with Stone Cold Steve Austin voted as the ref. Um, so that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 2012, uh, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Uh, CM Punk defeats Ryback with help of uh, the referee, which would become Brad Maddox. <laughs> Vicky Guerrero's lackey. Vicky Guerrero's lackey, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, 2018, um, on 10 2018 we get WWE Evolution pay-per-view. And I do not mean Triple H, Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair. Dang. I mean Evolution pay-per-view as in the first all-women's pay-per-view. I remember that. Um, We was originally supposed to have one of the marquee matches was Trish and Alexa Bliss, but Bliss went down to concussion. So I ended up seeing a tag team of Trish and Lita defeat, I think it was like Alicia Fox and uh, Nikki James. Wasn't Nia Jax responsible for that concussion? Yeah, she was. Yeah, that's right. She ruined a lot of stuff. She did. And then the main event of that evening was uh, Ronda Rousey defeated uh, Nikki Bella to retain the Raw Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. So that was historic evolution, first women's pay-per-view. Um, haven't seen it since. I was kind of surprised. I figured that would might be a tradition, but I think they've been trying. I, I think they've been trying to to get something. Mm-hmm. Um, they had talked about it. I think this year because mm-hmm. I saw something earlier back in January about them possibly holding another one this year. Mm-hmm. But of course with the pandemic, they've had to yeah. change everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we might see another one moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I remember the anticipation of wanting to see bliss and, and Trish tear it down, but you know, Nia Jax were in that. And then, the anticipation that I wanted to see, speaking of Survivor Series, which we'll touch on here in a moment, um, when we were supposed to get Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, champion versus champion, mm-hmm. and Nia Jax ruined that. Yeah. She's ruined a lot. She has. Yeah. Uh, Nia Jax is kind of reckless. But she she was like one of the last uh, memorable uh, stars on Raw Underground, if I remember. Yeah, she was. So <laughs> she ruined Raw Underground too. But anyway, so let's jump into Raw. Um, I didn't see a lot of Raw. I know you saw more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of kind of lead us through some highlights of that. And I mean, I've I've read some. And I've seen some some bits and pieces. So first, the show starts out, and it's immediately, you know, we're getting qualifying matches for the Survivor Series team. Right. AJ Styles wins his yeah, match. AJ Styles meet Jeff Hardy. Um, and then Keith Lee wins his, mm-hmm. which Keith Lee is now more aggressive. He was mm-hmm. cutting a promo, I, th- I believe it was with Charlie, and it's nice to see Charlie back on TV, by the way. Um, but 
Keith Lee is talking about how he's going to get revenge on Braun Strowman for his reckless actions, you know, which that's another match we forgot to touch up on. Um, however, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So Keith Lee wins his match. He's on the Brawl team. Yep. We also go and see Matt Riddle face off against um when, was it Sheamus? Yeah, Sheamus. Yeah. And it was a classic performance. Mm-hmm. Another one by Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very good match. Uh, he just couldn't pull out the victory. And I, I know he's had some legal problems. Yeah. So I, I think WWE's wanting to keep him featured on TV. Yeah, they're they wanting to keep him featured on TV, but they're also keeping him weighed down. Yeah. Until whatever, however it plays out. Yeah. So we see these qualifying matches, but one of the big things that I want to touch on from Raw, um, not only was uh, you know, the Hurt Business and Retribution mm-hmm. continue in their thing. But so we were talking about earlier in the episode about Brandy, McIntyre, and The Fiend. Yeah. So it was announced that Alexa Bliss was going to make her sort of like a full, you know, co-host role on, yes, on Firefly. Firefly. Fi- you know. And poor Ramblin' Rabbit. Oh, he got poisoned. He got poisoned by Alexa Bliss with yes. the uh, sweet tea. And then that didn't do the trick, so Wyatt just beats the hell out of poor Ramblin' Rabbit. He'll be back next week. He'll be back next week. He always is. He always is. He always is. He just gains a new life. And by God, I'm going to be a guy for a minute and talk about Alexa Bliss, the way she dresses for this role as Sister Abigail. Oh, Oh, it's it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it burns me up every time I see her on TV now. I always did, but now it's worse. Anyways, back to professionalism. Um, So she's going to do a moment of bliss later in the show. Yes. And Orton's going to be on as the guest. Which was curious. I was curious to see how this was going to play mm-hmm. out. And then Drew. Because Drew, Drew's still after Orton, too. Yeah. Drew was asked yeah. about, with by Charlie, was asked about, um, uh, you know, what his intentions were. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he might as well just come down there. Yeah. Um, so we get the moment of bliss. And Bliss is doing her normal routine as, you know, like this trying to be this peppy girl that's like creepy. Yeah. Well, I love where she brought up too um, a little throwback to their 2017 rivalry being Orton and Bray Wyatt where Wyatt uh, Orton burned down the Wyatt uh, compound because she says something about uh, burn it down or something like that. She she was making reference to um, to the match at at Hell in a Cell between him and Drew. And she's like, it was so nice of you to, or it was so nice to see you burn the house down. Yeah, that's what it was. At Hell in a Cell, and he instantly looked over, and he's like, look, I'm going to cut it straight. Mm -hmm. I know Bray Wyatt better than anyone. Where is he? Mm -hmm. And then she starts laughing. Well, then Drew comes out. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, him and Drew just get into a big brawl. Yeah, they fighting, yeah. Um, Which we're we're both kind of like... Mm-hmm. Uh wow, like I don't know. Yeah, and then Orton tries to retreat up the apron, or yeah. you know, up the ring, because the then, then the fiend shows up. So Orton backtracks back down the ring, and him and McIntyre just which keep fighting to go off the air. The fiend, but, the fiend's standing there. You see him, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, it's like he disappears. Bliss disappears, and then they continue fighting. Which I don't, I don't know the direction. And I was wanting to touch up on. My thoughts about what they could do that would make sense. Obviously, we're building towards Roman and, and Orton for at Survivor Series, Survivor Series yeah. champion versus champion, that whole Raw versus SmackDown thing. 
but they want to keep the feud going with Drew Strong. They want to keep, you know, they want to mm-hmm. build towards the fiend. Obviously, I, my guess is that they will kind of do like an old school, like Attitude Era type of feud where they'll just intertwine everyone. So the fiend, you know, is going to be acknowledged by McIntyre. Okay, well, they will right. probably end up wrestling within the next month. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have Orton, who's also tied up with the Fiend, but he's also tied up with McIntyre. Yeah. Everybody's kind of, yeah, you know, it's all kind of a big, like just kind of a shaz right now, just waiting to see what's going to happen. Because, like you said, we the Survivor Series they like to do the champion versus champion. Where you, I mean, we haven't seen SmackDown yet, so we can't cover it. But we're sure that you know that they're going to continue Orton and Uso, yeah, or not Orton, excuse me, Reigns Roman and yeah. Uso. Um, so they'll try to keep that going on that show and keep, you know, McIntyre's got to look strong. We got the Fiend in the title picture now. Um, I think the, during the match of Survivor Series, we could see some interference. Yeah. You could see McIntyre come down from the Raw side to get at Orton or Uso from the SmackDown side. So we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. And like you said, um, there's numerous ways we can go with a championship match right now. I'm very intrigued with the – I'm more intrigued with Raw – me too. Raw's main event. I think yeah. Raw has benefited the most from the draft. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously beforehand we had the Hurt Business going strong. Um, you know, we've had, uh, well, there wasn't anything else besides Drew's championship run. But now that we have, you know, him and Orton have had a long, yeah. you know, run. And then we had the Rollins stuff with, with Dominic before, but... Now it's kind of like okay, we're starting to gear upon some 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 good stuff as we're heading into uh, Road to WrestleMania season, which is just two months away. Starting, you know, because we're we're two months away from. Oh my lord! Yeah, I mean it's right around the corner. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's 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 come upon, come upon very quick, mm-hmm. very quick. Um, but overall, uh, besides that, Raw. You know, that was pretty much Raw. Yeah, Raw. I mean, it, it was a follow-up for Hell in a Cell, but also leading to Survivor Series. And we saw that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the coming weeks, we're going to see some more um, qualifying matches to yeah. fill out the Survivor Series teams. Um, we'll see what goes on with Orton, McIntyre, and The Fiend, and where that crazy story is going to go. So, I mean, it's it's just – we got. I think Raw is going to be really interesting. I'm like you. I think um, I'm more intrigued with Raw, too. Because right now I feel they got endless possibilities to go yeah. with their championship main event scene. They do uh, endless. Uh, possibilities. I mean, we could end up seeing a triple threat between you know, or we could like like we said maybe a number one contenders match between the Fiend and McIntyre. Um, so some good stuff um, going on. The the number one question, uh, you know, before I ask this, because you know the matches that that we're planning on having at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we have the women's champions. So we have Sasha Banks is going to take on Asuka. We have the tag team champions. The yeah. Street Profits will take on the New Day, mm-hmm. Kofi and Woods. And then we have, of course, the world champion, Roman versus Orton. We got the intercontinental, intercontinental champion, Sami Zayn, is going to take on the U.S. champion, our guy Bobby Lashley from Hurt Business. From the Hurt Business. And... Um, that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. And um, then you have the the twenty four seven I ninety five South European champion, our truth, 
will most likely take on Akira Dazawa and whatever segment the, that they the do. The 42-time 24-7 champion. I think he's up to 47. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I think he's 47 now. <laughs> whatever. Um, but it's it, man, that's that's still good stuff. I enjoy every um, segment. One thing I wanted to—I was reading on the internet today. I wanted to get your opinion on this because I never really thought of it this way. Uh, Triple H made a statement that um, to see somebody was asking about a possible Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre match because they're, yeah. they're kind of the top guys in the business. Mm-hmm. And Triple H kind of compared it to um, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, kind of the top, two top guys in the company. Um, what kind of comparison do you see that as? Is Colin Roman and uh, McIntyre with Hogan and Flair? I think what they're kind of looking at it is mm-hmm. you got to look at it from the perspective of the how the level that that Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair were right. on. Hulk Hogan was the star of mm-hmm. stars in the WWF. Ric Flair was the star of stars in mm-hmm. the NWA and WCW. So when you're looking at it, the biggest guy on Raw. It was McIntyre. It's McIntyre. It's been McIntyre all year. The yeah. biggest guy on SmackDown Reigns. is Reigns. So it's kind of looking at it as how do you successfully pull off a match between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. from that time period yeah. and make them both look really strong, good? Yeah. Keep them looking strong because mm-hmm. someone's got to take a loss. Yeah. You know, and, and it's kind of the same way as how do you do that with with McIntyre and, and mm. Reigns when, you know, you're obviously, you're still fresh into the Reigns title run. Yeah. So you don't want him to take a loss. Yeah. But Drew has been strong all year. All year, yeah. And he just had, like, his first big loss. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at it from that perspective of how do you book a match between mm-hmm. those two guys without a screw job finish and make them both look strong. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, when I read the comparison, that's kind of the way I looked at it. And I looked at it as, you know, um, Reigns is the top guy in WWE and McIntyre's right on his heels, being mm-hmm. the strongest guy on Raw. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's what Triple H was saying. There's some fans were commenting offense to, like, oh, I can't believe you made Reigns and McIntyre. Well, some of the fans just don't even know. No, I mean, they was looking at I mean, I don't think he was saying those guys are as big as Flair and Hogan, but a match between the two is that kind of caliber right now. Yeah. It's, it's the two top guys in really the wrestling industry besides, you know, Ambrose. I mean, Who? They, yeah, or Moxley. Oh, yeah. The guy down south right now. The guy now. down south. The right guy down south. In, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. So, um, good comparison. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, and and and, and yeah. going going back to Reigns and Drew, I just I gotta say again, it is nice, it is very refreshing mm-hmm. having two guys that are at that status because it's been a long time. You know, the last time I remember two top guys in the company that were both at that equal level was when John Cena, you know, was in the 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 big, you know, he was in his prime, he was in the big oh, yeah, part of definitely. his push. And then Orton was like the closest. Mm-hmm. Orton was the closest thing you had to him, and he was still far away. Yeah, I agree. You know, he wasn't even close. He wasn't even John Cena's level. Well, you know, and and it's going back to that to those days of okay, you know, beforehand it was Cena Batista. Okay, well then at one time it was Brock Triple H. Yeah, you know, and then Rock Austin. Now it's like okay, top two guys in the company. Drew Reigns. Reigns. Reigns is obviously the crown jewel, but Drew is like right on his heels. Yeah, I definitely. I agree with that comparison 100% of all those names you put in the rivalries. Um, 
of the two or the two guys in the companies at the time. That's perfect. And that's what we got with Reigns and McIntyre. Special stuff. Yeah. We just got to take advantage of what we have now and be grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't hate on it. And then whenever it's gone, you miss it like John Cena. Right. I miss John I Cena. Miss John. I miss big match, John. I do. I wish John would come back. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He's doing some good stuff in Hollywood. I can't wait to see his performance in Fast and Furious. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, I think he can bring to that franchise what The Rock did. You know, ten years ago, kind of rejuvenated. Kind of rejuvenated. I know um, Vin Diesel has said this will, you know, these last two will be the last. But I think John Cena really brings something special to it. Well, that that's another thing. You know, we were talking about that the other night um, mm-hmm. when the when the Rock made his debut in the franchise. It yeah. kind of it rejuvenated. Yes, it, gave it new life. It was like, okay, I'm curious to see what they do. Yeah, I felt like Fast and Furious has gone stale. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that we have Cena coming in, it's like okay, he's got something big. You yeah. don't you don't just bring in a John Cena right. for anything. Yeah, um, it's going to be pretty huge. So covering yeah, covering I'm, all assets of of entertainment. Entertainment. That's what we do here. That's what we do here at the Carnage at Ringside. We entertain. We entertain, and we have more content coming your way in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have more superstar specials. We got more robbery specials. Got more robbery specials mm-hmm. too. Um, which the superstar specials are like an attraction. Yeah. So we'll we'll bring those to you slowly. They they've seemed to be well received though. Yes. So um, yes, our JBL episode was actually very well received. Yeah. So um, I think a lot I think a lot of fans were surprised we would cover JBL because he's not the, you know, he's not the biggest star out of who you think we would cover. But uh, it was a good episode. It was a very good episode. So. Um, and of course, you know, we had our one with Taker, which yeah. obviously that's. You know, speaks for itself. We went almost two hours with that episode. Um, that was that was really something special too. But we got more coming your way. We mm-hmm. have more rivalries coming your way, which we we've been talking and planning out. Um, we have a lot of the uh, pay per view specials that we've been planning. Yes. Um, you know, we'll cover some classic shows. We'll pick one and then just kind of go over the whole card match by match. Yeah, Give, I'm kind of excited to do that. Um there's some there's some lost pay-per-views out there that, there is. Um, that are really jewels. Yes. Um, especially if you look at the late 2004 going to 2006 cuz or or even earlier than that cuz you had a uh, show Pacific shows. You had like Raw had their own pay-per-views yep. back there. So there's some lost jewels They had that there. for years too. Yeah. And then even when they combined them, it was still good. So um, we'll definitely, we'll scan the network and see what we can find to cover a show. I was watching, uh, um, I was watching No Mercy 04 recently. Mm-hmm. And, and my, what a fantastic show yeah. that was. And it's, and it's, it's crazy because, you know, at that time, you know, we I didn't get SmackDown because it was on UPN. Right. And the only way that, you know, and, and so if I didn't watch SmackDown, I really wasn't interested in ordering the SmackDown pay-per-views. Exactly. Um, so the only way that I can keep up with SmackDown was through the magazine or the Raw rerun. Well, now that we've got the network, I can go back and relive all the magic. Yeah. And and they had they had some very good shows they back did. then. So there's um, some jewels out there. And plus, we also have more reviews coming your way. I mean, yep. you know, it seems like this is like our highest rated. Yeah. The current, the current product reviews and the show pay-per-view reviews do really good. So Yeah, so we will definitely come at you next month with an entire Survivor Series review. Oh, yeah. Um, that's going to be big because I, I feel like WWE has a lot of stuff planned for that. I agree. So, um, but anyway, thanks for listening. This was our Raw and Hell in a Cell review. 
Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor Podcasts. The, the only way to podcast. podcast. I'm Dustin, and this is Jake, and we will get you next time. See you guys.